Hello, listeners. Welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I am joined today with the wonderful Steiger family who are back from their Everest, Nepalese, I don't know if I said that properly, uh, family excursion, coming of age trip. Welcome back, Steigers. How are you guys? The Steigers are back. Thanks, Troy. We're back. Yeah, it's, we're doing good. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was an interesting time, you know, while you guys were away, just really just starting to just kind of like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of components to, to AC and communicating <laughs> and all those sorts of things. And so it was uh, it was it was great on this side of things to just kind of see how much how much really kind of goes on or can go on. And so. We, we didn't burn the house down. Everything's good. <laughs> Perfect. That makes me feel good. <laughs> you should. You should. It is funny, though. There's a lot of moving parts that have to be put in place, uh, yes. you know, it, before we leave. But even while we were gone, I mean, you guys were all over the place. Yeah. You were in California. Then you were off in uh, Saskatchewan. And Wes was off also in Saskatchewan in different places. And Was he not in Texas? Yes. In Texas. Yes. Yeah. On a previous podcast, we, we talk about how... A trip that initially seemed like a stranger danger situation ended up being a really good one, and he ended up with like three thousand books in a in a trailer driving from Texas. So um, you'll have to talk to him about that as soon as you can, because it's it's funny story in and of itself, but pretty cool. But That's yeah, awesome. But yeah, we've been we've been busy over here, um, but. We, I, I know some some of our listeners have been tracking your story on on so on social media. You guys have been in Nepal, um, and there's some pretty serious events and things that happened. Uh, it, but it wouldn't be like a stagger trip if you didn't come home with the wildest stories. So, uh, <laughs> listeners, we're gonna jump right into today. We're we're talking about. Um, parenthood, and it's a perfect time. We're right in between Mother's Day and Father's Day. And, you know, we want to, I know a lot of people like myself, we want to hear about your trip, but we also want to hear, how did this start? Where did this idea come from? Yeah, so for those of you who aren't sure uh, what we're talking about, uh, Nancy and I have been away with our two boys, William and Tristan, with this kind of, you know, yeah, coming of age trip where we were in Nepal, we were hiking in the Himalayas, uh, went to Mount Everest base camp, and then we went into the jungles of Nepal and doing all sorts of all sorts of crazy stuff. And people who are watching it, you know, have been asking us, you know, what what are you doing and why are you doing it? <laughs> Is a question that Nancy and I uh, got a lot. So just quickly, the idea was birthed uh, in my mind uh, as a young kid growing up without a dad. So I grew up in this single parent family. My mom had eventually did remarry, but you know, growing up without a dad, and then even then with a stepdad that really wasn't involved in my life, made me think a lot about what kind of dad do I want to be. Mm. And uh, I was in the Boy Scouts for a little while there in Portland, Oregon. A friend of mine named Justin invited me, and and I went out on this my first hiking trip, or like one of my first hiking trips was like in the snow, snow camping. Uh, which which is quite something. But we're we're out there and I'm hearing these stories of, you know, adventure. And particularly I'm hearing about Mount Everest, you know, the world's tallest mountain, and that you can hike to the base camp. Well, fast forward, that 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 was kind of like the seed of an idea that, man, I was like, man, it'd be so cool one day to be the kind of dad that would take my kids to Mount Everest base camp. Like if that's a thing. Like Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then the older I got, the more I started realizing, like, no, this is this is actually a possibility. For those who don't know, I've done a lot of hiking and and climbing in my life. So I've I've done a lot in the Andes Mountains on numerous trips. Uh, when I graduated from college, I actually went to Mount Everest and I hiked my, by myself to Everest Base Camp. We've done all sorts of stuff, both myself and then Nancy and I. Uh, we even quit our jobs one year and traveled for a year. And then we were in Nepal, and that was one of the times when I actually first discovered Nepal and fell in love with being there. And we did a trek called the Annapurna Circuit, and we were hiking for three weeks. And uh, it's called Tea House Trekking. And one thing that is very different in the Himalayas from here in British Columbia and even North America is that people live in the mountains. So when you hike into the mountains, you don't necessarily need to carry a tent or your food or anything like that. You just carry a sleeping bag and your clothes and toiletries. And then you go from 
house to house was kind of what we experienced more when we were in Nepal the first time. And now it's a lot more developed. So there's actually lodges that you stay in okay. all the way up to um, the near the end of the base camp trek is that there's even a lodge there. And then you just do a day trek to, to base camp. But yeah, we'll talk all about that stuff. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So then, uh, and, and Nancy and I have done other trips as well. Like we've been to Tibet and we even hiked to Everest from Tibet. So that wow. I just want to give a little bit of context because some people be like, might be like, you know, this is crazy you do this. Well, it's not that crazy. We've already done a lot wheelhouse. of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We did some preliminary work before we exposed our children. Okay. So, yeah, what did, so, so what did that look like? Because I'm wondering like, okay, so you guys got married. There was a, probably a talk of, hey, whenever we have kids, I would love to do this trip. And so now, uh, like what has the past couple of years looked like a, in the training, right? Because you're you're coming close to the kids being of age for the the time that you want them to do that. So what did the training look like? That that actually is an important aspect of all of this. Is Nancy and I knew we wanted to do this trip before we even had the kids. Mm-hmm. So her, we, she, and I, you know, I I had that seed of an idea, but her and I that that dream kind of grew and blossomed as over the years as we were married and talked about it and went on our own adventures that Nancy and I were like, man, we can't wait until the day we get to invite our kids into these adventures with us. It's interesting, too, that we ran into one traveler on this trip who said that she thought it was so cool that we were taking our kids with us that she doesn't see that very often. She'll see a lot of see a lot of independent travelers, like young adults or or couples, but very rarely do you see families. And she says, that's so cool that it doesn't have to end for her as a young adult. She says, now I can, I can keep doing this when I have my own family. Right. So we'll see the occasional family out there. And it's just exciting to see people who have a love for traveling, then just sharing that with their kids. Mm. Now, this is specific, though, to the Steigers, is we had a very a very uh, specific goal in mind in doing this. It wasn't enough to just hike to Mount Everest with our kids. Now, now just for context, to, for kids hiking in the Himalayas, that's very rare mm-hmm. uh, because it is very challenging. But we took it up a notch in that uh, we didn't want any porters carrying our stuff, which often, which is very oh. common in the Himalayas, especially given how hard it is. Mm-hmm. So we wanted our kids to be able to hike their own backpack wow. to base camp. So that meant then, as Nancy and I were dreaming about this trip, that we would have to really work with our kids to become competent hikers yep. and to know not only how to handle themselves in the mountains, but how to carry <laughs> yeah. uh, weight into the mountain. And one of the things that's interesting about that. And, and you hear a lot about when you're in the mountains, just talking with people about, about hiking is that it's more mental than it is physical. So mm. it's an interesting aspect of trying to teach your kid how to have mental toughness, uh, which is, which is an interesting part of parenthood, I think is kind of toughening your kid up a bit. <laughs> it really is. And so just in talking about that too, is that, so just to give it some, some history is that when we first started hiking, we would carry everything. We just wanted our kids to experience the success of being on the trail, accomplishing the trail and getting to the destination or or whatever, whatever we were doing and having a successful trip so that we would carry everything. And, and on that note, we only hiked on sunny, beautiful, Uh, like perfect (laughs) conditions, right? We only wanted them to experience positive experiences of hiking at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then slowly we would start giving them a backpack and like Tristan really like he was able to get into it and carry the weight, whatever weight we gave him really well. William took a little bit longer. He wasn't as mentally tough as Tristan was at first. And so there was where Tristan, we would have to add weight into Tristan's backpack and then we would like (laughs) not give William weight so that William could keep up and still be positive but it was so interesting on this trip just and even in the past two years year and this year just seeing William gain that confidence and that mental toughness and being able to carry weight keep up and it's just been really cool so it's just cool seeing him develop in that way and going oh, I 
being confident that he was going to be able to accomplish this trip and carry some weight and not, and be able to just have the stamina and the toughness to do that. That's awesome. So, so, so quickly here, this is just a pro tip parenting. <laughs> Don't go for the mental toughness right away on some like rainy, hard, nasty hike. <laughs> You'll just teach your kid to hate it. <laughs> right. It's funny as, as you're talking, like my, my, my preacher's illustration brain is just going crazy right now. I'm like, Oh wow. That's uh okay. God. Yeah. God, that's good. That's great. Um, <laughs> so you train them, you took them on hikes and those sorts of things. So were they like really looking forward to this trip? Like, the moment you said, hey, guys, this is what we want to do. Did you tell them recently or was it something they've known for a couple of years? The trip is coming up. We've told them about this trip their whole life. Their whole life. Okay. Uh, so all the time we would talk about it. Um, we showed a video online that people can see on our social media. And uh, we actually also have a YouTube channel that we made uh that our son our kids they edited all the videos together just to be clear <laughs> so when you watch it those, those were created by our kids that's awesome uh so we've always talked about this with them they knew that this was going to be happening uh on that video um i showed pictures of just us as a family hiking and it gives a lot of context to just how much hiking we've done with our kids to kind of work up to this kind of a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, we've even hiked in the Rockies and in the Alps with our kids, uh, which is also kind of a part of like the morphine of this dream from not just Everest Base Camp, but our, our complete dream is to expose our kids to the world's four major mountain ranges, mm. the Rockies, the Alps, the Himalayas, and the Andes Mountains. So the last one for us is the Andes that we uh, anticipate doing in the next year or so. But at any rate, uh, where was I going with that, Nance? What were we talking about? My, I think I'm still dealing with jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just we were just basically talking about you've been talking to them about this trip their whole lives. Uh, oh yeah. So so just quickly then to answer your question, were they excited about the trip when we told them it's happening? No, they cried. <laughs> they cried. Oh no. No, the, the thought of being away from friends in school. For, school was the biggest. For that long was actually really unnerving for them, and especially mm. for Tristan because he really values his education. He loves school. He loves his teachers. He loves learning. He's It's a priority for him in yeah. his life. In fact, it's probably the most important thing. He's such an intentional kid. That, that to be away for that long, he knew there was going to be a sacrifice and a cost. And so that was a hard one for him to swallow. This is a mm. shout out to MEI. Hey, you're doing too good a job over there. <laughs> like, just tone it down a bit. Goodness. Oh, you know, man. like, and, and I'm, I'm realizing too, I, I'm like, I got to show my kids Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something. Like, they don't right, realize right. that, you know, getting out of school is a good thing. But, you know, I no, remember my parents yeah. when I, it was like, I think I was 16 or something like that. And uh, they're like, hey, Troy, we're, um, we're just letting you know we're going to be going for, to Jamaica for two weeks. It was like, say no more. Like, I threw my bag. They're like, no, 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 we're not leaving now. We're we're leaving in like a month's time. But I was checked out for a month. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I'll have to do it when I get back. I mean, I'm going to Jamaica. Oh, when are you going? In a month. <laughs> but like, you know, I can't get myself too wrapped up. <laughs> so that wasn't my problem. That's so funny. Tristan is an anomaly. I, we do realize that William. William wasn't quite. He was a. He was a he little bit. Want, yeah. He at first he didn't want to go either. But once they, once the thought and the idea, and even once Tristan had done some talking with his teachers, and they were all for him, and um, so then that made it easier for him. So then as the trip approached, they really started to get excited. They were both really excited. Mm. This is something that they really wanted to do with us. So just had to, the idea just had to settle in and how it was going to play out just had to settle in. And then they were all in. Oh, cool. That's such an interesting part of parenting, isn't it? When, like, for example, when we were in California, get to take Araya to Disneyland and Zakai to Disneyland and Universal Studios. And we're thinking, you're going to see all your favorite Disney characters and this and that. And we're super excited and pumped for them. Obviously, Zakai is one and a half. So he's really just like, ha ha ha, let's, just, let's eat food. But Araya, we're trying to get her to experience all these things. And she's just like, hey, Araya, what was your favorite part after we left? And she was like, um, I like the treats and I really want a bubble gun. I was like, are you out of your mind? 
Like, you you cannot be serious. You know, we're trying to get, she's getting to meet her favorite princesses, and it's Disneyland, the quote-unquote happiest place on earth. And she was, we could have just gone to the dollar store, and that would have been it. But it's such an interesting part of parenting when you, you know something is going to be so good for them, and you almost have to, like, like build up your nerve to not get shaken by their lack of interest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, moving along with the with, with the trip. So, what were some of the the highlights of the trip that you really saw? Maybe your parenting styles be challenged at all. Was there ever a point for the two of you where you're like, I don't know if we should do it that way, or you know, anything anything like that? Well, I think that there's a number of lessons that 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 we learned. And Nancy and I talked about um, uh, as as things kind of developed, and and particularly uh, if those if you know anything about what happened, and we're gonna share in just a moment that things didn't go exactly as planned, and and I think that that's maybe an important point just to make mm-hmm. as we develop, you know, just our from this experience, it was a, it was an important reminder to Nancy and I that this is one of the challenges of of parenthood is that things don't always go as expected or as desired. Mm. That's that's actually a huge part of this trip. For those who've been following us and seeing what happened on the trip, do you mind if I just basically... Yeah, yeah. So we spent... Start with the very beginning. Start with the very beginning. So we got to Kathmandu <laughs> and Tristan got sick right away. Right away, first day, like we were first there. First night of First night in being in oh, Kathmandu, man. he was already, he got sick. And we don't know what it is, what it was. It wasn't. He didn't eat anything funny. It ended up being By something sick, we viral. Mean nonstop vomiting, wow. fever, just bad. Bad. And it <laughs> oh, lasted man. for days. It wasn't like a a twenty four hour flu. It wasn't forty eight hours. It was like it was it was like four or five days before he finally got better. We actually started hiking with him still on the tail end of being sick. So. Oh, wow. That's how it started. So we're like, oh my word, we need to we need to get on the trail. But in our mind, we're thinking, hey, we've dealt with the sickness is now over. We're not going to have to deal with anything else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so naive. But, <laughs> but that that you know that's just part of the challenges, right? We we're like, uh, well, you don't want to deal with those sorts of things, but yeah. they come. And part of parenthood is dealing with you know those unexpected and undesired things that happen that challenge. Not only daily life, but I think where it really gets difficult is just your expectations. Yeah, mm. we had we had all sorts of places we wanted to be in Kathmandu. We wanted to hit the trail on this day. We wanted because we had so many days, so many destinations we needed to be at. Now we were like a day behind, mm. <laughs> which is laughable when you hear about the rest of the trip because <laughs> more happens. But um, moving forward, uh, this is a t- we. The whole trip was going to be 19 days in the mountains, or around 20 days actually in the mountains, and and so we we had a guide, uh, got everything together. Tristan started, you know, we spent one day in the mountains, just still letting him recuperate because to get into the mountains is really quite far from Kathmandu. So we flew. For those that are curious, we we hopped a flight and went in to Lukla. So we started this hike from Lukla, and Lukla is around 9,000 feet. So. That's where we started this journey, and we had a number of great days of hiking. So, you know, it takes a long time. So we worked mm. our way, and I got sick one day, but getting sick in Nepal is just kind of, like, that's just that's just par for the course. That's this normal. This is what happens. Okay. okay. Yeah, we were talking to a missionary there uh, one day, and he said, listen, he goes, I'd be impressed if you didn't get sick in Nepal. <laughs> uh He's like, you know, Nepal is just a very challenging place. And that's even mm. something he said. He's like, Nepal will humble you. It's, it's hard. So at any rate, I got sick, but it, was no, it wasn't that big a deal. And I hiked sick. Uh, sadly, uh, the hardest day of the hike is this hike up to Namche Bazaar. And that's the day I was sick. So that was a good moment <laughs> for me pushing through, not feeling well, and uh, hiking my my sorry self up to Namche Bazaar. But we made it. And then, you know... You know, just to kind of speed things along here, we we had a great time in the mountains. Our kids loved being there. They loved the Himalayas. They loved the mountains. They loved the people. They loved the animals that they were seeing. I mean, one thing that's kind of cool about Nepal is you get to see some animals that you can't see anywhere else, literally. Mm. Like, yeah, like a yak, for example. 
uh, because they can't live at lower altitude. You can't put them in a zoo. So if you want to see a yak, you have to go to like at least 12,000 feet altitude to see wow. these animals. And so they're thinking this is pretty cool, right? So like it, that all was going great. And they were both hiking really well. They were carrying their packs. They were successful in their date. So in just like accomplishing each day's expectations, making the different places that we needed to get to and doing really well. William and I occasionally had some like lightheadedness. So some mild altitude sickness, which is totally expected. We would. And then Will got a little bit more sick, but, you know, he worked through that. But again, mm -hmm. that's just kind of normal. Yeah. And but every morning we'd wake up, we'd be fine. If we needed to take a rest day, we would and we would just keep going. So everything was going really, really well. And just for context, Tristan is an incredible hiker. Uh, he was by far the best hiker on the trip as normal. When we hike with him in Canada or wherever we've been with him, he's he's the best hiker I've ever seen. Wow. He's a, he's an animal. He's like a beast. He's unstoppable on the trail. He's he just hard has, to keep up with. He's just tough. He's such a great, strong, and he's actually really good when, he, especially when we're going. Well, he's good up, going up or going down. He just is a really good hiker. Which is interesting because there's going to be all sorts of sermon illustrations that are going to come uh, with what happens say. next. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Tengboche, which is really high up in the Himalayas. Everybody's feeling the altitude except Tristan. Tristan's not feeling the altitude at all, <laughs> which is very unusual. I've never seen that. Uh, but in, but I'm also not worried about it because I'm thinking, this is great. You're yeah. not experiencing the altitude. You must, your body as a kid and as this athlete, you know, he's an incredible athlete. I'm like, wow, you're just, you're crushing this thing. Yeah, this, he's designed for it. Proud dad yeah, moment, right? <laughs> I'm thinking this is great, but that should have been a warning sign. Okay. Uh, that should have been a red flag that that something's not right here. He should be experiencing the altitude. Something. He should be experiencing something. But I'm talking, again, for anybody with context, we're talking, he's up at 14,000 feet or higher at one point, and he's ready to go for a jog. He could, he wasn't, like, he literally wasn't experiencing anything. He could run at that altitude. And again, I'm not thinking anything of that. Wow. Uh but if you know what happened, I guess, or if you know altitude really, really well, which apparently I didn't, uh, that's a that's a that is a symptom actually. So really, okay. So Nancy and I have spent, and, and myself in particular, we've spent a lot of time at high altitude. I have seen all sorts of altitude sickness, but I haven't. I've never seen this, and so this is an interesting parenting moment that's quite humbling, mm. and that is that parenting requires a lot of wisdom and sometimes you're not going to have the wisdom yeah. to parent your kid correctly. I mean, in hindsight, Nancy and I are like, man, we wish we had the wisdom to know that that was actually a symptom. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't. And I, I think it's kind of interesting. Nancy. like, when you say like, I, I mean, that's where in parenting, one of the most important things I think you can do is constantly seek out wisdom from those who've gone before you. Yeah. Yeah. Ask questions. There's just, you need to be humble, right? In, in helping your children be successful. But the other part too is, is he, because he wasn't feeling it, he also wasn't, there was no caution, right? He just was, right. he's like a kid. He just was like, I feel great. This is no big deal. What are you guys talking about? This isn't hard, right? This is easy. And so... Yeah. I, I do just want to make a couple of comments here because if, if there's anybody with altitude experience, they're having all sorts of things that are going on in their mind. So I just want to help you to appreciate the complexity of the situation. Mm -hmm. We took over and above the the amount of rest days that are normal. Yeah. So we spent in Namche, for example, and, and along the way, we spent more rest days than is, than is normal. Uh, and so even when we were when things go south, as we're going to tell you about in just a second here, I was talking with a guide, and there were many people that weighed in on what to do given our situation. But uh, but just for context here, I was talking with a guide who had climbed Everest seven times. He had climbed Denali over 50 times. He was a retired guide, and we were talking through our, our, our approach with him, and he's like, he should have been fine. Should have mm. been fine. 
But again, Tristan developed a rare form of altitude sickness, and it developed when we went from Tangboche to Loboche. It was Dingboche that we were in. Because Tenboche is the monastery. Oh, we're thanks. In Dingboche. Okay. Yeah. So we are in Dingboche and we went up to Loboche. It, it's hard to keep them all straight. I'm like, sound, if, sound if Boucher, you know the track, you know what we're, where we're talking about. Just, yeah. So that just gives people who have some context. Thanks. Right. So, exactly. so Dingboche. Yeah. So that's a big hike to go up Dingboche up to Loboche. And again, Tristan crushed that hike. He was very fast. And by the way, this is kind of an interesting note. On that day was the only day we ever on the whole trip had somebody pass us on the trail. So like, again, we're like, we're really like, we do a lot of hiking. Like we're, you know, you're in good shape. And this is the first time I'd seen somebody catch up with Tristan or pass him or us as a family. At any rate, and he was a climber uh, that was prepping to summit Everest. And so he had been in the high altitude for some time, yeah. but here's something that's to note about that. Cause it was humbling being passed by him. Uh, first of all, though, I will say he didn't have a backpack on. It was a light one, but <laughs> he's 65 years old. So this is just a shout out to any of you, you know, older hikers or people just adventurous. Listen, you can still hike at 65 and crush Jeez. a 14 year old. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh but at any gosh. rate, we get up to Loboche. Everybody's feeling fine. Um, that was our destination. We were planning on then hiking the rest of the trip um, from Loboche. You can either hike into base camp from Loboche or from uh, Gorkshep. Uh, just to put into context, we were at the Kumbu Icefall. Nancy and I went and walked around like the Kumbu Icefall. Like you could visibly see base camp. It was just just five miles away. Um, so that's like we were basically at the destination and then we were just expecting an easy, you know, hike the next day and to get our photo at, at base camp sort of idea. But that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> if you could all so, turn in your pages to chapter four, we'll carry on. <laughs> right. So what happened was um, Nancy, we had to have two rooms. Um, because the you know the accommodations are quite small and and whatnot, so Nancy was with William and I just happened to be with Tristan in my room. And in the middle of the night, Tristan began to develop breathing problems. And again, these came out with no symptoms, without warning. And it was quite disturbing, you know, as a parent, as you're listening to your child struggle for each breath. And it started you know, light, if you will, in the beginning of the e the night. But as we approached morning, uh, I was, you know, quite involved with him, uh, you know, with using, we had various altitude medications, which did nothing. Uh, they literally did absolutely nothing. Uh, his His breathing became more and more labored, where he's working to take each breath, uh, and he's becoming so exhausted trying to breathe that he can't walk anymore. Uh, he's getting to the place where he can't talk anymore. And it's just progressing quickly. Mm. So if you can imagine going from no symptoms, great kid, ready to crush the rest of this in the, the night and that evening to that morning, you know, becoming a life and death situation because it starts to put everything I, I, I think maybe into perspective. Yeah. So uh, I came into Nancy's room and said, Nance, like Tristan, you know, Tristan is not, he's not well, this is, this is not good, but I'm really struggling to know what to do with this situation because I've never seen this sort of a situation before. I'd never even heard of this sort of a situation before. Mm -hmm. Now what I have heard and seen is where people can go up in the altitude, high altitude, and you can develop a cold or a sinus infection. In fact, this has even happened to me. And and even when I was talking to the guide uh, that had summited Everest seven times, that was his initial thought. Oh, he must just have a cold. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that that was what, that was my initial thought. That's again, once again, because that's the only thing I'd ever seen or heard. Yeah. But there were different Sherpas and Nepalese, you know guides with a lot of experience that took one look at him. They just took one look at him and said, you've got to get him to, to 
not Cat just out, down, you have to get him to Kathmandu. This is a life and death situation. It was interesting, right, Nance? I mean, it just took one look. Yeah, they were they were confident. Because we were just thinking we would take him down. That I mean, because he was starting to get weaker, we knew we had to call a helicopter. Like there he couldn't even get him he couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. So we knew we had to Yeah, that's how weak he got. Wow. So how are you supposed to hike down? How are you supposed to take him down in altitude if he can't even walk to the bathroom? Yeah. So we were just thinking we would go down in elevation and they're like, nope, you got to take him all the way to Kathmandu. And so... And now I fought with him on this because I'm thinking he probably just has a cold. Uh, if I just drop him a couple thousand feet, which I've, I've had this happen with other people, right? Where, okay, just take him down a couple thousand feet. His symptoms will go away. And they do like, like magically they'll go away within a minute or two. And all of a sudden you're back to normal. And so I'm thinking to myself, hey, maybe we just go back to Namche Bazaar or or at worst we go to Lukla, which is again, 9,000 feet. Which is you, where we started. I mean, you really can't even get altitude sickness at 9,000 feet. Yeah. So I'm thinking he'll be, he'll be fine. And again, these Sherpas and stuff are going, no. <laughs> hmm. He can't even go to Lukla. They're like, you have to take him to Kathmandu. And- Thankfully, I finally, well, you know, after Nancy and I talked about it and, you know, just had various people weigh in on this situation, we're talking like the world's top experts, right? Yeah. We wow. said, okay, we're going to helicopter him to Kathmandu. Yeah. Now, just quickly here on the way to Kathmandu, we had to stop in. So the helicopter comes uh, like within hours uh, and we take him. Uh, to Kathmandu, but on the way we have to stop in at Lukla. And again, remember, I thought, oh, we just go to Lukla, he'll be fine. And they had, and it took about an hour to transition helicopters for us to then make the final journey out to Kathmandu. Yeah. Uh, just for perspective, you know, we're far, we're we're really far into the Himalayas. At any rate, that hour he didn't get better at all. Uh, he started getting worse actually, and. And so we had to really pressure the helicopter. Like, you're going to, you got to get him out of here quick. Like he, he's just, he was just continually getting worse, which again, I just found for anybody who's studied that or seen high altitude, it it was just shocking. Mm. Once we got him to Kathmandu, uh, which is only like at 3000 feet altitude or something like that. Then within like an hour, the symptoms started to relent. Uh, wow. So for perspective. When we got him into the hospital, he was there for around 28 hours or so, uh, and we met with a altitude specialist. And this is where, you know, your sermon illustrations can can come from. And that is that the altitude specialist told us that this is a, a rare and deadly form of altitude sickness that tends to hit athletes. Uh, wow. He said, by and large, it, it affects the those that, that are in really good shape. What? And so it's kind of interesting because it's like one of the the things the doctor was saying is people who aren't as athletic tend not to get it because in your weakness is strength. You you will hike slower. You'll see that you've got you're experiencing the different effects of altitude and and you'll change your behavior. But we think for for whatever reason, Tristan's body does not acknowledge register or register altitude. Uh, and I don't quite get it. So again, for perspective, long story short, we ended up helicoptering back to Everest Base Camp because I felt it was important to help Tristan finish this, even yeah. if we needed to use a helicopter to do it. Yeah. And so we got back to base camp. And and so I had only been out of the high altitude now for a couple days. But when I got back to base camp, when I got to base camp, which is at like 17,000 feet, I felt the altitude immediately within wow. two minutes and it hit hard. And, and I knew that I could only spend about 10 minutes there. And, and like, that's it without question. If I would have spent any more time there, I probably would have gone, you know, I got, would have gotten really sick unconscious. I don't know. I was quite shocked at how fast it hit again for perspective. Tristan felt nothing when we went back up he to did, the 17,000. Oh my goodness. Again, he felt nothing. It didn't register. Yeah. We keep asking him too, and he's like, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> Just like that is <laughs> crazy child. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you do? Like, 
Like, see, that's that's such a tough thing in it. But it's interesting that you say that it's it's athletes that that don't that it doesn't register as much, or that it's sorry that it's it's specific to athletes because I know how competitive I am, and I know there's times where I I for example, if I'm trying to get back into shape and I you know we're doing our uh, our two a days like you're training twice a day before the season soccer season would start, I will literally push my body to like the wall because I know my recut like in my recovery I've already expanded like what I'm able to do what what my fitness is going to be able to do and that's always been my process and so there's that it's interesting that when you when you feel like you're invincible like how quickly you can get humbled by something that you didn't see coming oh my gosh that's yeah that's crazy and and, pu- and pushing yourself uh too hard not knowing you know, like mental toughness has its has its drawbacks. It has its yeah. limits. Uh, so now this is an interesting parenting moment with what happened next, because Nancy's dealing with a different child in, mm. in her room. So when I went into the room with William, who was still in bed because it was really quite early in the morning. I said to him, William, um, waking him up and out of his sleep stupor, but I was like, William, uh, Tristan's really not feeling well. And we had talked about this earlier in the trip that like, this was a family thing. We were going to do this. We were going to do this thing together. And so going in and saying to William, we, we have to leave. Well, Tristan is not feeling well and we need to take him to the hospital. We need to go to Kathmandu. And he didn't, he didn't say anything at first. He just, he actually didn't say anything for a long time. He just kind of, he looked at me and then he started, and then he just turned his body, looked, he, he, uh, it was, it was, it was really hard. And, uh, and then after just talking with him and just saying, like, I know this is hard. What, what are we supposed to, like, he kind of says to me, mom, like, what if we, Tristan goes and and we stay. So I just um I went I I I let that question sit for a little bit and then I went and I said okay let me talk to let's go let's go get dad. So then I grabbed Andy and and we talked about it with with William as a possibility but even before that before we made any decision we actually brought it to Tristan as well. Mm. Right? If am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, and Tristan Tristan was fine with William and and mom continuing. I'd already been to Everest Base Camp and everything, so to me it it just made most sense that Nancy would take Will on and that I would just continue with Tristan, you know, back and and I was the one who had more just experience with altitude. So that just that just made sense. But I, I gotta say, as soon as I heard that from William, um, that was an interesting parenting moment in particular that I was actually quite proud of Will. Because I know that could get, kind of get played out in two different ways, you know, should his solidarity with his brother versus his mental tenacity to finish what he started. Yeah. But I was quite proud that he had the mental tenacity that he wanted to finish. That what what was upsetting him was that he had this goal that he'd been working for for so long that he didn't that he did not want to stop. And as a parent, I appreciated it and yeah. I wanted to get behind him that he could finish what he started that's so good it was tough too for me as a mom going am i in the right like am i with the right child right should i be with the one should i be with tristan because as a mom like normally it's you're the one i'm the one with the sick person right and so that was a huge conflict for me personally um and even when tristan and andy finally left we actually as soon as tristan and andy were on the helicopter William and I started hiking like immediately the helicopter took off and the guide's like, we're going. And I was like, oh my word, I just need, I need need a a moment (laughs) and then, and then I'll get on the trail and put my backpack on. It was such, talk about mental toughness as a, as a parent, but even just being grieving this one child, but being present for the other one. That was so, that was my hardest day by far. So we went from Laboche to Gorikshep and that two and a half miles like meant, I mean, it was, it was the, 
the worst trail because it's all these giant rocks. And um, so it's uh, not an ideal hiking mentally. I'm emotionally, I'm done. But I'm like, and the whole time I'm just praying, I'm like, like, Lord, like I'm praying for Tristan, but wanting to be present for William because, because we, I, I couldn't be thinking about Tristan this whole time while I'm present for William. It's such mm. a weird, weird place to be. Um, and even while we were hiking in, like, if you know the Himalayas, there's almost always clouds on the mountain peaks and going, okay, are we even going to see anything? Yeah. And just, there were moments where we'd get glimpses of along the trail, you see just the top of Everest and just thank you, Lord, for these, for the moments and the gifts that you give us, even in the midst of the mm. struggle and this, this hardship. That was just where I ultimately came to was that God will take whatever blessings that you give us, even in the midst of what's happening right now. Which would have been challenging for Nance in that too, because the last thing she saw was her son at death's door. And I was thinking, it's like, you have she has no, no idea. idea. Yeah. 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 How long was no, it until you, you knew like between you guys leaving the mountain and then eventually coming back? Like how, how, how long was it between then and you knowing what, that he was going to be okay. So we didn't, I didn't hear from Andy until like about noon the next day, something like that. So as you can imagine, the Himalayas, there's not a lot of great ways <laughs> yeah. to, to, there's not right. great cell phone reception. Up at <laughs> right. Everest Base and, and honestly, <laughs> a satellite phone, maybe. Yeah. And honestly, even when we did finally communicate, uh, the connection was so bad that, um, I couldn't hear her. She could only hear me. So she was only able to get out, just tell me, you know, what's going on. Cause it was clear that the communication was only happening one way. Thankfully yeah. it was happening. And so I was able then just to tell her that Tristan um, was okay. So before we keep going, just one thing that, that we haven't really shared on social media or talked about, William and I did make it to Everest Base Camp that day. So by the afternoon, after we sent off Andy and Tristan in the morning, him and I did make it. And so I will post a photo of William <laughs> and I at Everest Base Camp. It's just one of those things where, and this is something that Andy and I have talked a lot about, is that whole piece of parenting doesn't always, we don't always get what we want or what we desire. Mm. And so that's one of the reasons it was so hard because the the goal was for all of us to be at Everest Base Camp together. We don't have any pictures like that. Because mm. even when I went back up with the helicopter, because you're flying into such high altitude, they literally were taking seat cushions out of the helicopter, prepping it to go to base camp. Like they, they stripped it of all of its weight. They did, like we couldn't even take backpacks with us. It was just bodies. Wow. And and so they're like, we're sorry, but there's only room for three people, and. William, in the communications and preparing to take Tristan back into the mountains, uh, I was able to hear that Will wanted to join us. And we were able to, like, Nancy was coming down with Will. And so it just so happened they were in Namche Bazaar by the time we were heading back up with the helicopter. So the helicopter, it was just very cool that they were willing to help us arrange all this, yeah. you know? And on our way to Everest, we just we land in Namche, pick up William, and head off. By the way, that's a whole nother story, though, because even trying to leave Kathmandu, there were thunderstorms, and w there were there was lightning, and the helicopters like we can't. The helicopters guy pilots like we can't go, so we had to land in some remote village <laughs> and wait for this thunderstorm to end that happened in a couple times on the way we didn't share everything on social media but that right. whole time Nancy's waiting for us going uh where's my husband and child they right. should have been here hours ago yeah. i think it was almost i almost waited 3 hours longer than than we were than we were we were expecting them at 7 and they came at like 10 so thankfully, again, communication was able to go to her that we weren't in a helicopter crash. Yeah. We were caught in a thunderstorm. Oh At any rate, gosh. it all worked out, though, that we were able to pick up Will. The weather was beautiful. We made it to, to base camp, got our photos. And and for me as a dad, though, it's just important to help Tristan to finish, again, what he started. Yeah. Maybe not the way we had expected, mm -hmm. but to bring some sort of closure to that, which 
which he really uh, which he really appreciated. And and I just want to I think it's important, Nancy, and I just want to give just a couple comments of things that God's taught us on this, because I was thinking this was going to be a trip that God was going to teach our children. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. That sounds like God to me. Right. But this was a trip that God had a lot to teach Nancy and I. And I think the first thing that God really taught us, and I just want to encourage listeners out there, particularly you parents or soon to be or desiring parents, and that is that that parenting is not a destination. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I just encourage you to dwell on that because that, that's taken me far too long to really appreciate. I think too often as parents, we we tend to set it up as destinations my kid to eat on their own, my kid to walk, my kid to talk, my kid to read, my kid to graduate, you you name it. We got all these milestones and we think that that's parenting. And one thing God's just really teaching me is it's like, no, 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 the parenting is in the journey Mm -hmm. uh, along the way. Those are wonderful milestones, but just part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I mean, everything that we, we've done leading up to being preparing for this trip is really the parenting right and so that's the those that's the key part right and and not especially when the milestones don't necessarily hit the way that you expect them to hit right Right. so then now all of a sudden is your parenting a failure no your your parenting is is everything leading up to wherever they're going to end up wherever you're going to end up that's because we can't we don't know for sure nothing's a sure thing right and so things don't always go the way that you expect them to go and so so i think you could say then that the real parenting is happening in the journey yeah 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 that's so important I know with just, yeah, our young kids, you it can be all about markers. You're like, okay. And then it starts getting comparative when, you you know, you get a bunch of parents and kids together. It's just like, oh, is yours talking yet? Well, mine's been talking since he was six months. I'm like, get out of here. Like, no, stop it. <laughs> no one's trying to hear that. But carry on. Thank you, guys. So maybe this is an important thing, too, for parents to hear. And this was something I read uh, while we were in Nepal. A study just came out about um, family connections in, in flourishing and so this was just interesting because this is like a secular study that came out just just recently published saying, listen, all the research is showing that if you want your kid to flourish, it happens. Uh, and they specifically said in this, it, it happens not because you've taken your kid on some expensive trip, uh, like going to Nepal. You know, as cool as that is, you know, that actually isn't where the studies are showing. And I would agree the flourishing is happening. It's in the journey. It's mm. in you spending time with your kids. It's you taking the time to have dinner with your child and talking to them about how their day went. Again, it's just so interesting that that the study's saying, listen, it's it's your family connections. It's it's your child growing up with a parent, parents that love them and spend time with them. Um, there, and I just think there's just so much that could be said uh, just about that. Yeah. That that concept in itself, I think, it just really underpins this idea of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also, I mean, that's this this parenting isn't about a- aiming your kids to take them on this epic vacation. It's about fostering uh, relationships and just sharing your life with your children and building into that 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 bond that you have with them. Yeah. So big. on on that note, as Nancy and I reflected on our trip. We would say that the highlight of the trip, it was, again, not the destination, but as I reflect back on it, I would say that spending five uninterrupted weeks with my child Mm. was the highlight. And I think they would tell you the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the challenges of what Nancy and I experienced or what our family experienced was what to do in the midst of it. Because to be honest, when... When a helicopter to Kathmandu and I'm in the hospital with Tristan, I didn't want to post on Facebook what had happened. It's not, again, it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to post the picture of all of us at base camp, you know, with this like, you know, triumphant moment of like all this prepping and hard work that we'd been planned for all coming together. And again, life, life throws you curveballs. And it's interesting, though, because on social media, we tend not to want to post those moments. <laughs> At least I don't. That's why I haven't shared my photo yet, because I was like, I was still, and we're still processing the trip. 
in what's all happened uh, on the trip and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, just to have that social media post that isn't quite what you were expecting, that image, that perfect image that you don't have because of what's all happened. Um, Which I think parents experience in a variety of different ways. Yeah. Where they're like, this isn't what I was expecting. It's not what I wanted. What do I do in the midst of this? And and it was a good moment, though. The Lord just needed to uh, rebuke me and uh, work in me and be like, no, 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 this, this, is, this, this is life. This is reality. This is, this is when you need people. You need people to know. You need people to pray for you. You just need to be honest. And even as a leader, just saying, it's, it, it, you need to lead in these moments, too, in the, in the crappy moments. You know, what is it going to, what does it look like? And how do I need to learn and lead at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, that's so special. I know that there's, there's so much more <laughs> to your guys' trip and, and, and for the sake of time, we're not going to be able to get to all of it, but, um, in some way we're going to have to, I, I, I can imagine people that are going to hear you guys talking and having conversations with you guys from this point for the next coming years, you're going to be hearing different aspects of the story. So I'm excited to, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys and your family to see how how the continuation of this journey, this trip was is uh, it was a marker. You know, it's a it's an altar to the Lord in a moment where it's like, look what God did in this moment. Look at the resolve that God built in our family, the things He did to, you know, maybe in ten years from now. Oh, that's what that trip was for. Oh, okay. You know, so I'm really excited for you. We're, so many of us were praying for you. And so I think uh, I speak on behalf of all of us at AC, as well as um, uh, the, the followers of AC, um, the people that listen to the podcast, we're grateful to hear that you are home, you are safe. Uh, Andy, you're heading out in about two weeks time, right? To, to go speak at, w- at Wycliffe, correct? So yeah. So for those of you who are listening, you're going to be able to hear from Andy while he's out there. Yeah, a lot of ministry happening. We'd love to see you out. Anybody in Ontario, we're going to be out in Toronto at Wycliffe College uh, Conference. What does it mean to be human um, that I'll be speaking at? And there's a dialogue actually happening that I'll be hosting with um, Carl Truman, who just wrote an incredible book. Uh, again, I would encourage you. Yeah, check check it out. <laughs> Lots that can be said about it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Andy, so much for just sharing just even a brief snapshot of of your story and letting us in on some important parenting and family dynamics that I think we can all glean from. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the AC Podcast. It is a ministry, so if you'd like to support us or partner with us in any way, feel free to reach out to us at info at apologeticscanada.com. Until then, love God, love people. Bye for now.